0: Uh, good morning and good afternoon or whatever. Good evening. My name is Stephen Capaldo and uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, podcast. And today is uh, Monday, June 28th, 2021. And I'll be reading a little bit from Hosea, Book of Hosea, Chapter 2, and then just... Uh, talking about some things, the usual format, you know, trying to relate uh, the Scripture to things that are truthful and real and kind of get rid of the man-made stuff and focus on uh, on, on what really is truth. So, uh, that being said, I'll go right into it, Hosea chapter 2. Yet the number of sons of Israel, the, the sons and daughters of the Most High, the family, will be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or counted. Instead of, you're not my people... Being said to them, they will be called children of the living God. And that, and we we really are all children of the living God. It's just that some of us don't know it. So, you know, we we need to become aware of whatever it is in life. Some, if we don't know it, we just need to become aware of, you know, who we truly are, that the kingdom is within, who we truly are in Christ and what Christ is, has done and what he represents. And and that's really it. I mean, we are, uh, we are children of the Most High. You know, Christ is really... Um, Christ is really the savior of all. It's just the question of knowing that, knowing that and knowing that that is really within you and uh, that God loves you. He's given us that foundation of, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbors, yourself, and the agape, unconditional love. And that's really the foundation that that, that God has given us. And in a way, that's the foundation of Christianity, where Christianity has gone wrong is in the man-made theology that comes after that foundation. Uh, apart from the teachings of jesus and you know comparing them to other teachings which replicate the teachings of jesus because they're truth apart from that you see a lot of man-made uh, theology in christianity and that's why people drift away from it And i've, I've heard it said you know that uh, and I, I i'm kind of coming to that point where i agree with it is that uh, i had to leave christianity in order to have a relationship with jesus christ right <laughs> that's and that's really kind of the way i'm starting to feel is the, in my own life is that is it really i i probably love jesus christ more than i ever have and, and that corresponds to the time in which i've been out of organized religion yeah. i don't think that's a coincidence uh religion is man-made whatever the religion is you know christianity or any other and what we really want to know is who who is god you know, and ask God, you know, who are you? What's your name? Et cetera. And, and, and see what happens. You know, and I, I think, you know, you'll, you, you know, he is who he says he is and he'll reveal himself. He, uh, or whatever, uh, whatever you want to call him, uh, he will reveal himself as he truly is. And uh, you'll get the answer if you pray because uh, you you, know, you have not because you ask not. If you really want to know does God exist, if you really want to know who he is and what he's done, you'll get the answers if you ask. Then the descendants of Judah and descendants of Israel, the the body, Ecclesia, will be gathered together. They will appoint themselves one head, and they will go up from the land. For the day of Jezreel will be great. Say you to your brothers, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruma. Ami means my people, my people, and and actually there's Ami, and there's also uh, Rumi, which are the citizens of the roman empire uh the eastern part of the roman empire some of them were muslim and some of them were not muslim but they're called rumi and i think rumi is also the name of a uh, of a famous iranian or persian poet if i'm not mistaken and to your sisters ruma contend with your mother Contend, for she is not my wife, nor I her husband. Let her put away her fornications from her face and her adulteries from between her breasts. And, you know, people get people make up all kind of rules for, you know, the, uh, marriage and divorce and remarriage when they read passages like this. And really, this is this is about spiritual things. This is about metaphysical things. This is not, you know, divorce in society and, you know, adultery and fornication in society. Fornication meaning means you're messing around, but not with God, right? You're messing around with someone else, right? And adultery means you are you've got someone as an idol. You don't have you're not worshiping God. You've got you've got idols. You're practicing idolatry. Or else I will strip her naked and expose her as on the day she was born. Then I will make her like a wilderness. Yes, I will make her like desert land and I will let her die of thirst. You need the water of life, the water of the Word of God, the water of Christ, and this is what keeps you alive. If you don't have The living word. If you don't have truth, the truth of the word of God, then you die of thirst. I will have no compassion for her children, for they are children of prostitution. Again, you know, man-made doctrine comes from passages like this. For their mother has practiced prostitution. In other words, not worshipping God, but worshipping man. She who conceived them has been shameful, for she said, Let me go after my lovers who are giving me my bread and my water my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, see, I will hedge her in with thorns, and I will build a wall around her so she cannot find her paths. So even though maybe you think you're getting provision from the world, it's not the true provision, because you're missing the bread of life, the water of life, you're missing the truth of the word of God. Uh, You're missing uh, the the love and the light and... um, the grace, mercy, compassion, those things that God has given you, and in addition to other things that, that God has made available so that you can live in a calling. God has given you a calling and a purpose. And it has to do with developing your soul in Christ, knowing yourself in Christ, who you are in Christ, who he really is, and what he's really done for you uh, as the way to God. So you've got God and Christ and uh, Jesus and the Word of God. You, you've, you've got all that. You've got you, And you've got all of the... the uh, provisions that you need you know god makes available certain things and he makes uh, guidance available uh, from the spirit you know anytime but really you have to create your destiny you have to make your life something in christ that's that's the the purpose develop your soul so that you can make of your life what god has called it to be god's plan is perfect the only things that screw up god's plan and god's plan never really gets screwed up is that we take a detour it's God's plan is never the thing that gets messed up God has a plan it's a perfect plan we don't understand it all maybe sometimes we deviate from the plan sometimes but there's nothing wrong with the plan so he's given us his love he's given us certain skills or abilities he's given us a purpose a calling he's given us the opportunity to to develop our soul for this and the next life and and just to, to develop it by feeding it with truth so that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't want to get the world's pro- us to go after the world's provisions. He wants us to go after his provision, his provision. And that's, that's the key to getting the, the, the sustenance that we need in all levels. You know, we have these different levels or dimensions in which we exist. We exist in the physical. We exist in the mental and the emotional and the spiritual. We exist in the realm of, of energy. The, the whole universe is, is God's creation of energy, basically. So we exist in that realm as well. But we have to feed it with truth and love and light and, and not get carried away by darkness, right? Then she will say, let me go and return to my first husband, for was it better for me then than now? But she did not realize that I myself, God, gave her the grain, the wine and the fresh oil, what was what's really the source, the creator, the wonderful creator. I lavished on her silver, also gold, which they made into Baal which they made into an idol. Therefore I will return and take back my grain in its season and my new wine at its appointed time, and I will snatch away my wool and my linen for covering her nakedness. So now I will uncover her lewdness to the eyes of her lovers, and no one will rescue her from my hand. I will also put an end to all her rejoicing, her feasts, her new moon, her Shabbat, and all her mo'adim, or her festivals. So... There is accountability and there is, uh, there is a judgment and there is you reap what you sow. That's really the judgment is that you reap what you sow. And people do certain things in life and, uh, you know, they, they reap what they sow and God has to decide, you know, what is, what's the consequence of all of that? You know what what's going to happen because of all of that but to say that there's no accountability that's that's a false teaching as well now god loves us and he's always trying to bring us back to him because he's really his his purpose is that we should all come to a knowledge of the truth and that all should be saved that's scriptural that's in the text so that is his purpose now if we want to deviate from that purpose there's going to be some kind of accountability or responsibility but god God will keep trying god will keep trying to bring us back to him we go this way, God wants to bring us back to him. And that's, that's what's known as repentance. And people don't like that word because it sounds very theological and, and preachy and legalistic. But it's really just you turn away from not, that which is not of God. You, 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 if you turn that way, you turn back to God. And that's, that's the, the turning the turning away from that which is not of God. That's, that's repentance. And that, that's, that's really what it means. And um, you, you turn away from the darkness. The darkness is a possibility, you can live in it if you want, but really God has called us to live in the light, and God has called us to deal with the, the hurts and wounds of the past as a way to live in the light. And uh, so we need, to, we need to ask for healing, and we need to believe in healing, and we need to do the things that, that you know, we are basically given or told to do in order to heal ourselves. Uh, the Word of God is a way to heal. Uh, you know, practicing a certain, a certain type of healthy lifestyle is a way to heal. Uh... Not always running yourself down or running other people down is a way to heal. When you run other people down, it's because you have no love for yourself, right? So this is, if you stop running other people down, you're loving yourself more. In effect, you're showing that you have more self-love. And that's really the way to heal. God's universe is built on love. That's the foundation of creation, that God is love. So you have to introduce more of this into your life. And where it's lacking, lacking, you have to produce it. You have to create it by getting rid of the false realities, getting rid of the hatred, the jealousy, all of that stuff, the anger. If you get rid of that and fill it with thoughts of, of, of love, then you're drawing closer to God. I mean, that's, that's the way you do it. You're drawing closer to Christ. You're operating in Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, Christ made uh, a great, uh, gave us a great love gift. He made a great sacrifice for us, you know, so that we would know That we're forgiven for all of this stuff all of this entry into darkness we are forgiven of it we're already forgiven it's done it's done he loves us just pick up the cross right just say yes and pick up the cross right and i'll also put an end to all her rejoicing her feasts her new moon her shabbat and all her all her moedim all her uh uh festivals this is sometimes people just love this uh all, all of this you know pageantry and the rituals and this and that and God is saying, "Look, you know honor and respect these 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 things these are all symbols of Christ, honor and respect them, but basically you can 't just follow them and think that you 're drawing closer to me. you know people think that they can just follow rituals you know that that 's that first covenant, that mosaic covenant you know that 's been fulfilled you can 't just you, you can 't just fulfill rituals right I mean you have to really." really live as unto God, live as unto the Lord. You know, just uh, follow those principles that the Shema is the basic foundation of of the Word of God, is that love the Lord your God with all all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And and that's, you know, unconditional love. Uh, That is really the foundation of what God is about. I will also devastate her vines and her fig trees, of which she said... These are my payments that my lovers have given to me. So, in other words, people prostitute themselves for money—not necessarily being a prostitute—but people prostitute themselves for money, and you—you you, you can see how this has devastated the world. You know what we've all done for a buck, right? What we're—and—and and this kind of you know debt slavery cycle that we've all bought into. This you know three three-dimensional world system, Babylon, whatever you want to call it—it it goes by many names. This. Uh, world order a new world order whatever you want to call it uh it 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 really doesn't work it catches up with you at some point Uh, if if you're just doing something for money and not doing it for a true divine calling eventually it doesn't work eventually the wheels come off off the wagon. But I will turn them into a thicket, and beasts of the field will devour them. There you go. They, they, they don't, it doesn't end well. Then I will punish her for the days of the balim, to whom she would burn incense, adorning herself with her rings and jewelry, going after her lovers. But me, she forgot. It is a declaration of the Lord. So she forgot me. It's not It's not that she adorned herself with these things, rings and jewelry. Not, some people get very legalistic, and they say, Oh, you can't wear this. You can't do up your hair. I mean, they, forget about all that stuff. You know... The, the original account of uh, in the garden, well, wh- what happened? It's that Adam and Eve, they wanted to be the arbiters. They wanted to be the judge. They wanted to judge good and evil. Now, I'm not saying that we should go for evil and ignore good, but what I am saying is God told them, I, let me judge good and evil. Don't you be the judge of good and evil. I will judge good and evil, and then you follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Don't you worry about being God and being the judge of good and evil. But then we do this all the time. We say, oh, no rings, you know, don't wear your hair up, don't do this, don't do that. All, and, and we think up all these rules. And then what's even worse is that, okay, so this is your little legalistic view of how the world should be, but then you try to call that theology. You try to call that the truth of the Word of God, and, and it isn't. And it's not saying here, don't wear rings and jewelry. What, what they're saying is you're, you're doing this because you took money from the wrong source, right? I mean, you prostituted yourself for money. You had idols. And to worship the idols, you did this ring and jewelry thing, going after her lovers. But me, God, she forgot. It is a declaration of the Lord. So then I myself will entice her. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak to her heart. Uh, God is speaking. I will give her back her vineyards from there (coughs) and make the valley of Accor a door of hope. She will respond there as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of the land of Egypt, when she left this sort of, you know, Babylon or, you know, world system, when she left the material sort of debt slavery situation. And Egypt was a very advanced civilization, but in the text, it's often, often contrasted with uh, the kingdom of God, right? It's not this is Egypt is sort of the kingdom of man in in, in much of much of uh, Scripture in that day. It is a declaration of the Lord You will proclaim my husband and never again call me my Baal. So in other words God is really the one you worship. You don't worship idols. You don't worship uh, Baal, uh, Satan Lucifer Moloch that, those are basically the gods that uh, Of the world that God says don't worship Then I will remove the names of the Balim, all of these idols, out of her mouth, no longer to be mentioned by their name. Because, you know, you have what you think, you have what you say. If you keep focusing on these idols, if you keep focusing on money and wealth and, you know, romantic relationships and all this kind of thing, if you keep focusing on these things of the world, then, you know, this is what you have. And if you're you're in that sort of that dark lane and you're not in the light lane... Uh, you know, you're just, you're living away from God. You're living away from what God has for you. And it's a choice. It's a free will universe. You know, God created us with really the the, the right to use our free will and to make certain agreements to do certain things using our free will. Uh, but uh, very often, you know, we just, uh, we, we deliberately go for darkness. But that would be one thing. If you deliberately go for darkness, I guess you could change your mind and go for light. But you get kind of sucked into darkness in many cases, and you don't even realize that you are on the dark side, so to speak. And and there is that uh, there is that verse somewhere, if I could think of it, that's, you know they, they uh, how much they're in the darkness, the ones that think they're in the light. And I think you, you probably recognize that scripture. I just can't remember where it comes from. Uh, I can remember a lot of things that are in the, that are in the text, but if you ask me exactly where it is, sometimes I remember and sometimes I don't. Uh, but mo- i would say more often i probably don't because it's not i, I i'm not focused on being a, an academic theologian that can that can quote mm-hmm. scripture in verse i want to know what it says i want to know what to do how it really relates to truth and light and love and not all this other crap that we get caught up in and i most of all i i really uh I really want to focus on, you know, well, what, what did Jesus really say compared to all of this man-made theology that we have, all of this theology that has been made up? Because if you really go through his teachings and compare them to where these teachings have surfaced in other writings, other places... uh it's that that's truth and a lot of the theology that has been made up you know it's just made up Well, it's hit or miss once in a while people get it right but a lot of times it's just turns out to, a, to be a bunch of legalistic rules that are not really that's not really what the text is driving at and i've spoken about this before and i'll speak about it again but uh you, you want to get away from the man-made doctrines you know and, and we were having you know we had one uh there, there was one uh teacher that, that that we're watching that generally we quite like but um, one of the things is uh no women teachers uh and you know I, I don't know why it just couldn't be the ecclesia who decides what the folks do you know and who does what but i mean that's that that's, to me it seems that that would be more scriptural than to put a ban on women teaching uh but when certain situations come up then you try to finesse it and you try to make up these other rules well it's okay for the woman uh, to teach if the woman is a Bible translator the woman can teach everybody men and women. And it's okay for the woman to teach if the woman teaches Bible history that's okay. But the woman cannot just teach uh, doctrine. Okay so what's doctrine? There could be a doctrine of translation, there could be a doctrine of history. I mean there what what what's doctrine? I mean you just you, you when you when you go down that road and try to make these absolute statements that really aren't very solid. Then you end up having to make these exceptions. So why do you make the exceptions? Or, you know, uh, since since uh, I've been saying for 30 years that, you know, that a uh, woman cannot be behind the pulpit, but now a woman's behind the pulpit, we can't call her a pastor, so we make up some other word, you know, guest speaker or whatever you you just when you, when you when you go down the wrong road you have to keep creating all these other side roads that make the problem even worse make the problem even more complicated why not the ecclesia the gathering decides who does what and who, you know man woman uh, divorced uh, lgbt uh, bigamist polygamist, polyamorous whoever it is the 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 the, the ecclesia should decide, the gathering should decide, you know, how, how it organizes itself and who does what. If you're going to have these, these gatherings, which it would be good to find like-minded people who really want, want to uh, learn the truth and to be in Christ, but then let them have the authority, let them have the, the, the ability to organize themselves as they believe that the, the Lord wants them to be organized. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the flying creatures in the sky, and the creeping things on the ground. I will break into pieces the bow and sword and warfare from the land, and I will cause them to lie down securely. Then I will betroth you to me forever. You know, you who went away, now you're back. I betroth uh, you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me uh, with righteousness, justice, covenant, loyalty, and compassion. So now you are one with God, in union with God. And you know you know, I'm sure that betrothal, it's in many cultures. Uh, in the text, it's the, it's the period of time when the man and the woman declare that they're married, but they live apart for a time so the, the man can get organized, and then they have a ceremony and they get, to the, they get, to, uh, they get married, you know, uh, in the eyes of society. Uh, but the betrothal, it's like, uh, it's more than an engagement. It's in between engagement and formal marriage um But but it is a period of time where they uh, supposed to be no sex and the man is supposed to get uh, organized and you know not go off to the military and stuff like that but it's it's actually it's not it's it's in the text but it's 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 in different cultures as well it's it's not just the uh it's not just the the israelite culture or hebrew culture uh the the russians have it too and other societies have it too that the other cultures have it too where it's it's more than just an engagement it's actually you're beginning your married life but you're beginning it in some kind of modified way until you really have a firm understanding of the, the lay of the land and the ground rules and how you're supposed to operate, right? But then I will betroth you to me forever. You see that? But it does mean it is the start of the marriage. It is supposed to be, it is supposed to last. Now then someone's going to say, okay, I never get divorced. No, no, that no, that's, the text doesn't say that. There are conditions for that. Yes, I will betroth you to me with righteousness, Justice, covenant loyalty, and compassion. See, these are the characteristics of this union that exists between myself and God, right? I will betroth you to me with faithfulness, and you will know the Lord. So it will be in that day I will respond. It is a declaration of the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond with grain, new wine, and fresh oil. You are going to be blessed if you choose the path of God, the path of love. And they will respond with Jezreel. The, the crops will be uh, sown and they will grow, Jezreel. I will sow her in the land for myself. I will have the compassion on Loruamah. I will say to Lo Ami, you are my people. And they will say, my God. So that's it. We are supposed to be, all of us, we are supposed to be the children of God. So join the family. So I'll stop there and uh, read Psalm 91. And we'll conclude. Thank you very much for listening. He who dwells in the shelter of God will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For He will rescue you from the hunter's trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is body armor and shield. You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the scourge that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the wicked paid back. For you have made the Lord your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge. So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Upon their hands they will lift you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. He will tread upon the lion and cobra, trample the young lion and serpent. Because he has devoted his love to me, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, rescue him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? So thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.